Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls a little bit later. Our state has six teams headed to the NCAA tournament. You will hear from all six head coaches today in some form or fashion. We have nine ACC teams going to the NCAA tournament. We might have audio from all nine of them from our time in Brooklyn. Joining us now is a coach who fits both descriptions. He represents the NC State Wolfpack. He personally is actually going to the NCAA tournament for the third year in a row. Our old friends at UNC Wilmington still root for him in large numbers. He is the first year head coach of the NC State Wolfpack. Kevin Keats, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, DG. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, man. I I am just walking on air at this time of year, especially as the ACC tied its all-time record, nine bids, and our state tied its all-time record with six different schools representing this great state. Do you ever feel like you're kind of in the center of the college basketball universe, kind of culturally, Coach? Because it seems like our state and your conference, the ACC, are always a big part of the talk and conversation at this time of year. Well, first of all, I would say this. um, Obviously, um, I think we play in the best conference in college basketball, and so I I thought the nine – um, at large bids, and obviously were uh, something that should have happened uh, with a possibility for ten. But when you talk about North Carolina, you talk about the state of North Carolina and basketball. Uh, it just says a lot to have six programs to be able to uh, compete in the uh, you know field of sixty-eight and uh, for the best prize in college basketball. Duke State and Carolina from the ACC, Davidson, UNC, Greensboro, and NC Central won their conference tournaments. We do have to get this on the record. Do NCAA tournament victories, if they happen starting with Seton Hall later this week, do they count as road wins for ice cream purposes? Oh, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Anytime we play away from uh, NC State, uh, neutral games, um, anytime it's a true road game, that that calls for if you get a win, we're going to have ice cream. And you, you you deserve something on top for an NCAA tournament win, right? Like there's got to be some whipped cream, a cherry, or something, because this is the biggest bracket of all. Well, you get a you get a double dip. Uh, <laughs> you, get, you get you get sprinkles. You you get to add something. You're right about that. <laughs> hey, when I watched your team and got to talk with you shortly after that game against Boston College up in Brooklyn, I really felt like your second half Wolfpack w- was not only a great team for that 20 minutes, but capable of doing damage here in the NCAA tournament. As you know better than anybody, the first half against Boston College was what derailed you. How do you get 18 to 22-year-olds to sort of flip that switch and make sure the second half pack shows up come Seton Hall on Thursday? Well, DJ, you're right. Uh, When you look at that, we just had such an awful start. And and obviously, uh, to give these guys credit to battle back in the second half uh, with the opportunity to win the game says a lot about this team. But, you know, we're we're a team that's capable of beating anybody in the country, um, you know, on our resume this year, just, uh, you know, beating the two number twos in the country and, and having five top 25 wins and, you know, capable of playing very good basketball. So, you know, when we're playing well, um, I, I feel like we give our chance to ourselves a chance to be successful in every game. But, you know, I, I've said this all along. Our guys have to play on the same page. Um, you know, we have to uh, be able to score the ball to be able to get into our press. And when we saw the second half of the BC game, we single-handedly actually got back in the game because yep. we scored and we were able to press a little bit. And 
that's our identity. That was a really close game with just a minute or so to go. I mentioned to you after the game, if you had pulled it off, it would have tied the all-time mark for a comeback from a halftime deficit uh, in the 65-year history of the tournament. So the fact that you guys came close was at least a positive to pull away. Since that was a long time ago, does the high of last night tell us about the party? Uh, you guys got in as an at-large. You pretty much knew you were in, but you didn't know your seed. You didn't know your opponent. You didn't know your destination. Describe the party as we have enjoyed some of the videos that showed uh, a much different mood for you all yesterday than when you had to leave Brooklyn with a defeat last week. Well, DG, I'm, I'm so proud of these guys. Um... Uh, when you think about it, uh, as NC State, certainly we have a rich tradition uh, in the NCAA, but, you know, we haven't in the last three years. This will be our first time in the last three years, and uh, I thought it was important that we got our guys together to have a good time. Uh, we never take this for granted, uh, obviously, because this is something special. When you're one of 68 teams, um, you know, that says a lot about your program, but our guys were excited. They were excited about the opportunity. Uh, from a team and, you know, from a personal standpoint, uh, for me, you know, obviously having a chance to go to our third uh, NCAA in three years, yep. that means a lot about our staff. And I've got great assistant coaches and they've done a tremendous job and, you know, obviously preparing these guys to get there. But we're ready. Uh, our guys are excited. You know, when you look at the BC loss, um, and we'll be able to tell a little bit more on Thursday. Um, we'll accept the loss if, if we're well-rested and we play well on Thursday. Yeah. Coach, in your case, you helped win a national title at Louisville five years ago. You mentioned those two straight trips to, as a, the head coach at UNC Wilmington. I know some of your guys have played in this. Al Freeman during his time at Baylor. I guess any senior who played three years ago as a freshman for the pack would have had some maybe smaller taste of this. Can your personal experience, which is in a pretty high volume with this platform and this excitement and this, this uh, uh, you know, kind of hot spotlight, can, can you help your roster, these young guys who mostly have not experienced it with any advice? Yeah, you know, DJ, DJ you hit it on the head. Um, we only have three guys on our roster that has ever played in the NCAA tournament. Al Freeman's been the uh, most successful guy. He's played in three of them, but uh, Malik and, and also Lenard Freeman both played as freshmen. Okay. You know, if you look at our team, uh, I think we're addressing 10 guys. So seven guys don't have any experience with it. Um, you know, me playing in it, um, you know, I, I certainly uh, hope it helps. Um, you know, I can tell them about the experience and try to prepare them for the nerves and everything else. But, it's tough, man, because until you tip up, you know, you don't know what to expect. What I've seen of Seton Hall so far this year is limited. They look really dangerous offensively. They look not quite as good defensively, which is actually the way a lot of people describe your own team. What jumps out at you as you've prepared in this, these early hours for Seton Hall on Thursday? Well, they're tough. They're physical. Um, they, they live in the paint. Um, they have a you know, they can score the ball inside and out. Uh, they really shoot the ball well from behind the arc. Um, when you look at their post guy, he's, he's extremely effective around the rim. A great passer, probably. Uh, one of the best passes that I've seen in college basketball from a center. Um, and then Rodriguez is really good. I mean, they, they're a talented team. Uh, they'll give you different looks offensively and defensively. Um, can put their head down and, and drive the ball. And, and very, very good in, in transition. 
it's a tough draw for us because when you look at those guys, um, they start four seniors who have been in the NCAA the last couple of years and uh, been right there to win games. What's the biggest difference between the gauntlet that you just ran through in the ACC where in some cases, you know, you know all of your opponent's secrets and they know all of your secrets and you're just sort of revisiting old game plans versus this kind of a setup where for most of these 68 teams, you're dealing with somebody where you're mostly starting from scratch. Yeah, I think every team in the field has to have players that can adjust in a couple of days with a style or against some teams that they've never played against. Um, and I think that's where when you look at the NCAA tournament, most veteran teams have a little bit of advantage because in their four-year period or three-year period, they've been able to play against all types of teams. Um, you know, for us, uh, it's going to come down to how well our guys can lock in and prepare and then, you know, be ready for the moment. Shot selection and defense were two of the things that were very different from the first half to the second half uh, against BC. But also, really, I guess there were themes for you all season long. How do you how do you communicate to your players, Coach? You don't want them second-guessing themselves, you know, as they're ready to take a three-pointer. You don't want them to turn their brain into a pretzel knot, right? But it feels like when you guys pass that extra pass – you're that much more dangerous of a team. How do you get that across without making these guys second-guess themselves in the heat of the moment? Well, that, that's great because what we do is uh, I, I give these guys tremendous offensive freedom. But with, coming, with, with that being said, I don't like bad shots yeah. or challenge shots. And, you know, we're, we're a much better team uh, when we really share the basketball. If you look at the games that we, that we won, the really big games, uh, we've had high assists in those games. Um, we have a rule that, you know, to pass up a good shot for a great shot. Yeah. Um, and we talk about that. And, and when we do that, we're very successful. But, you know, I, you know, a lot of times, it, you know, our guys will get caught up in the moment and um, you have to bring them in and reel them in and talk about, hey, let's get a better shot and, um, you know, play better on the defensive end to get shots. So, you know, in, in order for us to score, DG, we try to score – a lot of off our presses to try to speed guys up. We try to score uh, one-third of our baskets in the half-court sets, and then if we can get out of transition. And when you look at you know, our game against Boston College, um, we didn't do two of those three in the first half. We did all three in the second half, and we put ourselves in a good situation to win the game. Last thing for Kevin Keats, the first-year head coach of the Wolfpack. He has him dancing. People may forget by now, they were picked in the bottom four of the ACC by the media. Now, I didn't have them that low, but the media did have them that low. This is one of the great overachieving stories in all of college basketball. As you head to Wichita, Coach, from afar, it feels like it's sometimes hard to see where your leadership is coming from. I describe it as microwaving a basketball team, right? You have transfers, you have returning players, you have some freshmen. Uh, Malika Boo and Al Freeman are seniors, but they don't play as – one's a transfer, the other doesn't play as much as he has in the past. A kid like Braxton Beverly seems sometimes to be like the most composed guy, even as a freshman, but it's hard for a freshman to be a leader. It's hard for a transfer to be a leader. How, how has that part of the microwaving of a basketball team unfolded? Because in the middle of adversity, you really want to lean on somebody. Who, who are those guys that you find yourself leaning on that way? Well, you know, I, I searched all year long, and when you think about this is, you know, we were, we were picked 12th 
uh, out of 15 teams, and we ended up uh, finishing tied for third. Yeah. So that says a lot about our guys. Uh, we don't have uh, what I consider a vocal leader, okay. and that's okay in today's basketball. You may not have the vocal leaders. Um, back in the day, you know, obviously when we were playing, you know, it was a lot of vocal leaders and all that other stuff. But we do have guys that lead by example. Uh, we have guys that, you know, certainly make good plays, and I think our younger guys are able to see what they're doing out there. Uh, we have guys that, uh, you know, when they get in the locker room at halftime, we have guys that will pull guys to the side and okay. discuss different things. Um, we matured in a lot of ways um, doing timeouts. Um, you know, I like our guys to talk at times and give some opinions and talk to each other, and, and we're starting to do those type of things. So we've matured in a lot of ways with certain leadership, uh, as far as a vocal, vocal guy on the yeah. court, I don't think we have that. Um, that comes from me as a head coach. And, you know, as a coach, you learn your team. And, and sometimes you have to adjust to, you know, your strengths and weaknesses yeah. of your team. And, and for me, uh, I have to be the vocal leader with this group. Kevin Keats of NC State, good luck against Seton Hall on Thursday. Congratulations on a job well done. And thanks for the time, as always, on the David Glenn Show. Hey, DG, thanks for having me, buddy. You got it. Always a lot of fun with Kevin Keats. At Coach Keats, NCSU on Twitter.